Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. We provide dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission today to help give our dogs the world they deserve. Welcome, everyone. I am Laura Reeves, host of the Good Dog Pod. I worked pack grooming for a number of years, and the one thing that it really teaches you is how very, very important bathing and drying are to the success of grooming any dog. Everybody starts out as a bather in pet grooming or as a professional handler's assistant, and there is a definite reason for that. A half-clean, half-dry dog is going to get set back to the tub every time. And the reasons would seem sort of self-explanatory, but considering the number of them I've sent back over the years and the number of client dogs who arrive clearly suffering the effects of the same malady, I'm going to hedge my bets on this. So here we go. There is no place for halfway clean and dry, even for a pet dog, never mind for a show dog. Now, your Italian Greyhound may not take as long as your Newfoundland, but they all need the same level of care and attention to this basic step. So let's start at the top of our routine on bathing day. Nail trim. Do it first. Get it out of the way. That way you don't have to trim feet around long toenails. And we've discussed nails before, and I'll just say it again briefly. The dog feeds off your nerves. If you're scared, you're going to make your life more difficult. I know you're worried about making the dog bleed. I understand that. But if you're worried, the dog's going to figure out that there's a reason to be scared, and he's going to panic, possibly. And it's going to make the entire process a nightmare. So my best recommendation is patience. Patience, fearless leader, patience. I like to remind people, firm, fair, and consistent, and always win the battle of wills. Just because your dog says he doesn't want his toenails trimmed is not a sufficient reason not to do it. So take your time, be patient, and get those toenails trimmed. Anal glands, only if they're needed. And if you don't know how, please learn the proper method. Most of your large breed active dogs will not need this. Smaller breeds, less active animals, dogs that are a little bit overweight can experience more difficulty. Seriously, do this before the bath. There's a reason. Ears. Clean the ears. Pull the hair if you need to in the hair canal. If you have to do it, be sure that you clean the ear thoroughly afterward help prevent bacterial or fungal infection. Chlorhexidine ear cleaner, absolutely fabulous for preventing and clearing up your problems. One of my favorites. Teeth. Do they need scaling? Are they gross? Now's a good time to do it. If you don't have a tooth scaler, my 4-H leader many years ago taught me how to use the thin edge of a dime, actually, to achieve the same goal. And it's a little bit safer for the dog. No pointy, sharp things. And the humans, same reason. You can use your tooth cleaning tool to gently get up to the gum line and pull down or pull up 
but pull away from the gums. And you're just going to do that very gently. Hopefully this is something you've worked with your dog, so it's not, again, thrashing around on the table. Personally, I generally focus on the canines and any of the really nasty buildup on the molars. Chlorhex, again, makes a fabulous pre-soaked gauze pad that's great for more regular cleaning of the teeth. So then comes brushing. Now, we've talked about this in previous shows, but we don't wash a matted dog. It's where you start. Get the dog fully brushed to the skin, all over his body. Testicle mats, toe mats, belly mats, armpit mats. Get them all out before you bathe the dog. Use a comb, use brushing spray, use cowboy magic, use a mat splitter if you have to. But make sure every part of the dog's body is thoroughly brushed to the skin. You should be able to pull the dog's hair back with your hand and see skin, not clumpy hair. And that applies to even the most densely coated dogs. So, nails, ears, anal glands, teeth, brushing. Now you can get the bath started. Make sure... All of the dog is wet, assuming you're doing a full bath, and wet to the skin. For some coat types, again, think Newfoundland, think Great Pyrenees, think Akita, etc. This can take a lot of effort. Use a good spray nozzle on your hose and really work the water into the coat. Use lukewarm water as a general rule. If you want to hold coat, use cold water. If you're trying to accelerate the process of a dog that's dumping coat, use warmer water. Ice cold, we sometimes have to suffer through at dog shows, but it's not preferred and very, very hot also is not going to be comfortable for the dog. Make sure that you apply your shampoo in a dilution according to the directions or guidance from a mentor. Just dumping a big old blob of shampoo on top of Fluffy's back is not going to be the best use of your products or your time. Use your hands or one of those little rubber squeegee brushes to really distribute the product over the dog's entire body and, again, down to the skin. You want to be sure that all of the hair is getting washed, not just the top part. Same as brushing. Now, we could spend the bulk of an entire show just on the topic of different products. Every single person out there has their own favorite brands, their combinations, their rituals, magic potions, I'm pretty sure. I personally have different products and preferred brands for different coat types and coat colors and coat condition. In general, I really love the Pure Paws products and Number One All Systems. Those are two of my favorites. But I use specific products from pretty much every brand line for something. Stain removal always a hot topic for folks. For beards, particularly bearded dogs and feet lickers, I've found a mixture of about 50-50 water and 6% hydrogen peroxide. This isn't the same thing as what you buy in the store to have in the bathroom. This is specific to using it in people's hair products. Some of the vendors will carry it at the dog show. You can also find it at like a Sally's Beauty Supply or something. And you put this solution in a solid spray bottle because it breaks down. Its effectiveness is less if it is exposed to too much light. And it's not very expensive. 
it's really, really important to remember that if you are basically stripping the coat with something like the 6% peroxide solution or number one, all systems has a whitening gel that's very good. No matter what you do, you have to condition that hair pretty heavily. You've opened up the hair shaft and the very first bit of spit or pee or red clay or whatever your staining issue is will just suck right into the hair and you're going to be a whole lot worse off than when you started. You also will need to use heat typically from a hot dryer to get your best results when you're using any of these sort of whitening products. And that just really, really exacerbates the crunchy, stripped, dull coat problem. So conditioner is really your friend. It will help seal that hair shaft and make sure that you don't get any more staining into what you've just cleaned. (laughs) Most of the sort of hair masters will tell you to keep the problem areas clean and conditioned daily. Yes, daily. Keep the dog on a good quality food. Good coats start from inside the dog. Keep him clean and dry. And yes, that is a lot of work in the winter if you have, for example, a clumber spaniel dripping in coat. Even if you just do a quick foot and belly bath with wash tubs, it works wonders on keeping your staining to a minimum. In other words, again, as usual, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. On the topic of table baths, this is something I don't see as many people doing as I would expect. It's something that is very, very useful for everyone, whether you're at home, whether you're at the dog show, what have you. You get two dishpan-sized tubs, fill them both half full, a couple inches of tepid water, add a teaspoon or so of your favorite shampoo to one and your favorite conditioner to the other. And then you use those big sponges, one for each tub, and you gently squeeze the water through the beard, the legs, the belly, the pants, whatever hair needs to be gently and quickly cleaned. I have a ritual that I can blow through in about half an hour if I have to at the dog show. Wash tub goes in front of the dog, sponge the water into the beard and the front legs, and you hold them over the tub so you don't make such a big fat mess. And then you move the tub underneath the dog's body, do the same for the belly coat, move the tub to the back of the dog, do the pants, back legs, whatever you need, swap out the wash tub for the rinse tub, and that's going to have that diluted conditioner in it, and repeat the process in the same order. At the show, this will give your dog a fresh appearance without having to go through an entire bath, often with freezing cold water from a hose. (laughs) At home, it's something that you can do really quick that helps prevent staining that you see from food or saliva or urine or what have you in the coat. Here's my... Auntie Laura, tidbit for the day. For the love of all that is holy, please do not wash your dogs in the hotel bathtub. Do we have any question why there are fewer and fewer hotels that allow dogs? Come on, guys. And yes, I'm talking to you. You right there. Don't do it. Another issue that we can run into at bathing time is that sort of sun bleach on liver or black dogs. And it's that rusty orange-yellow tint, and it's not pretty. And so one way that you can help 
improve the appearance there is you wash the dog with your regular shampoo and then rewash it with kind of a lightly diluted black shampoo. I use Chris Christensen's Black on Black, but whatever your choice is, follow the directions for how long you let the product sit on the coat, and then you rinse it again, and then you condition, and you use a product that's best suited to that dog's coat type. So in other words, the conditioner I use on the Tibetan Terrier's coat will be far too heavy, if you will, for the Newfoundland. It'll weigh the coat down instead of allowing it to stand off the dog's body. Another little bit on conditioner. Use it, (laughs) okay? Even wire-coated breeds need it, at least in the furnishing, so they don't break off. The proper sort of lightweight conditioner, even for double-coated breeds, will add shine. The extra polish that you see in the top dog's is in large part due to daily maintenance and the proper use of conditioners to keep the hair coat in its very best condition. If you have questions or if you're in doubt as the correct product that you should use for your breed, ask questions. Ask your breeder. Ask your mentor. Ask a successful professional handler in that breed. Use the World Wide Web in all its glory for good and make contact with the people that actually have knowledge. This is kind of an important point too, guys. Randomly throwing out a question to one of the proliferation of online forums is going to bring you a wide variety of information. Some of it may very well be useful. The rest of it might be coming from what we think of as keyboard warriors. Learn to know the difference and learn to value the knowledge that comes from successful experience. Okay, so we've sudsed, we've rinsed, we've conditioned, and now it's time to rinse again. I'll tell you the same thing. I tell all my assistants, rinse, 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 then rinse again. Then feel with your hands through the whole coat to make sure you don't encounter residue or stickiness that would indicate that there's product still on the coat. Then rinse it again one more time for good measure. Right now, I'm two weeks into fighting a nasty hot spot on a pug dog that wasn't sufficiently rinsed. Product that stays in the coat is an irritant for the skin and will cause you enormous amount of problems in the long run. Finally, once you've got them all the way rinsed out, use your hands kind of like a squeegee and you pull the bulk of the water off the dog. I personally train my dogs to shake on command. Yes, yes, it actually does work. (laughs) This means that A, I don't get drenched while I'm bathing, and they shake every time the water touches them. And when I ask them to shake, then they're getting a lot of the water out of the coat doing part of my work for me. So a helpful tip. If you're using like a leave-in conditioner product of some kind, I prefer to get the dog out of the tub, up on the table, Use a towel to blot the hair. Don't scrub it around. Squeeze the hair, get the water out, and then you apply the leave-in product to damp hair instead of dripping wet hair. Gives you a lot better chance to distribute it evenly. And now we get to the drying part. Again, very, very, very important. In pet grooming, for example, time is money. So everything gets dried with a force dryer on high speed. 
Now, if you're very good, you can do this without tangling the long coat in hopeless knots. If you are not very good, please do not try this at home. Force dryers work best for blasting water out of the heavy double coats. But they're very useful force dryers. Working with a force dryer, you can have a couple different end results. I like to refer to that as flat or fluffy. Helps people hear that. Wire coats, you want to have a flat-lying jacket. Setter, spaniel, some of the retrievers like that. You can use the force dryer nozzle resting just slightly up off the parallel plane of the body and blow the hair with the grain of the coat. And you just move the dryer in a long sweeping motion along the dog's body, maintaining that same position and avoid swirling the dryer around. That just makes the hair stand up crazy and it doesn't do anything to cut down on your drying time. Go slowly, work thoroughly, and that coat will lay down beautifully when you're done. Then once you get the back coat dry, pen a dry towel over it and you can use the hot dryer to finish up the furnishings. For double-coated breeds, anything that you're looking to build volume, Akitas, Shebas, Siberians, Malamutes, Newfoundlands, Turvern, anything like that, you can use the force dryer and you aim it straight into the dog's body. Not so much blowing the coat against the grain as perpendicular to the dog's rib cage or back line or rear end, whatever you're working on. And then again, you're moving it in that sweeping motion down the length of the body. And know your breed, know your standard, know what the final picture should look like. If that top line needs to lie down flat, you use the flat technique. So parallel versus perpendicular. And then use your fluffy technique, perpendicular, for sides, pants, rough, all that. At the same time you're doing all of this blow drying, you're also using a brush in the other hand. So this is sort of like rubbing your tummy and patting your head sometimes. (laughs) But basically, if you're brushing the coat as you're putting the dryer on it, you're making sure that it lies in the proper direction. And particularly if you're trying to strip out undercoat or add additional volume, that brush and dry routine is going to give you some extra benefit there, and it's going to cut down your drying time a little bit too. Hot dryers, stand dryers, anything like that for furnishings, drop coats, cockers, poodles, whatever, assures that you get that sort of polished presentation that you're looking for. Again, brush while drying to make sure the coat dries straight and lies properly. In many cases, it makes everybody's life so much easier if you teach the dog to lie down on the grooming table for brushing and drying when you have a coated breed. And then you want to be sure that you completely dry one area, completely dry before moving to the next, so that the dog's coat, particularly poodles, bichons, water dogs, etc., we want to make sure that their hair doesn't partially dry while it's curled when your goal is to blow the dog's hair straight. I had it pounded in my head years ago. Good scissor work, good clipper work cannot be done on a badly dried dog. So brush to the skin, wash to the skin, dry to the skin. 
and then you're done. Kiss your dog on the nose and give him a cookie. (laughs) If you have trimming to do, give him a break before you start that. Let him pee and stretch his legs and play with him a little bit. Throw a ball. Then you can move on to phase two. Good Dog is a secure online community that advocates for dog breeders, educates the public, helps informed puppy buyers connect directly with certified good breeders, and promotes responsible dog ownership. Good Dog is offering its good breeders special advanced access to the video recordings and transcripts for the full three-part Q&A webinar series with Dr. Hutchinson. All you have to do is sign up as a breeder at gooddog.com slash join. That is G-O-O-D-D-O-G dot com slash join. Or click the link in the show notes.